Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Welcome to Forever Fit, your favorite health and fitness podcast, foreverfit.tv. In this episode, I'm going to be finding out all about motivation and mindset. I'm Nicola Riley, and joining me today is Karen Smith. Karen is an exciting and dynamic motivational speaker. Karen captivates the audience with humor, energy, and genuine engagement. She's spoken to groups of 20 to 2,000, and Karen leaves the audience feeling inspired to take action and make positive changes in their life, their business, and their relationship. Through working with numerous well-known companies and thousands of individuals, Karen has developed phenomenal tools in delivering success through leadership, negotiation, responsibility, productivity and enhancement techniques. Described as leading the way in a hard driving towards inventive solutions for development, Karen is untiring and inspiring in her approach towards business and people and the numerous and the methods required to create powerful outcomes for the audiences. As a survivor of the 2002 Bali bombings, along with many other challenges, which include the suicide of her de facto and her personal impact of the 2004 tsunami on her family, Karen's comprehensive value, time, creativity and meaning of life charges her presentations with passion, credibility and a deep, genuine commitment to extraordinary achievements for people. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show, Karen. Welcome. Wow, that's quite an intro. Hi. <laughs> I was, like, was going to shorten it and then I was like, no, I want to tell this bit as well. I want to tell this bit. <laughs> oh, it's great to be here, Nicola. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's, a pleasure. it's fantastic to have you. So um, why don't you start by explaining to um, the listeners uh, why you have gotten into motivational speaking? Um, for me, it's certainly been um, a bit of a journey after my experiences um, of, you know, being in the Bali bombing and having lost my partner. I went through my own depression and my own um, questioning of my own self-worth and what am I here for and what's the point of it all if people are just going to die and eventually I'm just going to die. What, what the hell is the point of it all? And I went through that internal questioning as I've discovered that most of us actually go through at some point in our lives and some of us never find the answer. Um, so what I, I guess what got me into it was realising that if that was a question that stopped me in my tracks and removed the very meaning and core essence of life for me, then it was doing that for others. And the solutions that we had out there with our motivational speakers and our motivating books were all awesome but it wasn't hitting the spot for me. So I needed to, I guess, create something or understand what I needed and fulfill it for myself. And when I did that, I became very clear on my message, which then gave me the wherewithal to do it for others. And that's where I'm at right now and, and why I do what I do now. That's cool. Um, yeah. One of your um, keynote presentations that you see, you t so you talk about, is the makeover your mindset and how to start making a difference. Um, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, every time I speak, and I've, I've probably spoken for about a hundred thousand people just, you know, in the last couple of years, and I always ask the question because I guess I'm doing a global survey, but I always ask the question as to whether people, you know really want to make a difference and they really want to contribute in whichever way they've chosen to make a difference and contribute in the world. And I never have one person in the room who leaves their hand down. 
Everybody always puts their hand up when I, so, when I ask the question, who here wants to make a difference and contribute to the world? So when I get the answer that everybody wants to make a difference and contribute to the world, it becomes very clear to me that that's what we want so desperately, yet we hold ourselves back in every way, shape or form. And it starts with the way that we think. It starts with the way that we, we see ourselves and the way that we relate to ourselves which then causes us to relate the same way to the world. And the basic underlying issue that exists for humans is the belief that I'm not good enough or I'm not enough. And who am I to make a difference? Who am I to contribute? We see ourselves as so small and insignificant. Um, and we don't see that there's a possibility for us to be able to create a ripple effect or to create a a movement or to even just find a voice for the things that float our boat and blow our hair back, you know. Yeah. So um, making over the mindset is becoming committed to doing whatever it takes to making over the mindset that holds us back and leaving us with the true reason why we're all here, which is to contribute and make a difference in whichever way, shape and form is right for us on the day. Because some days, you know, for me, making a difference and contributing is all about um, uh, animal cruelty and making people aware of animal cruelty because I'm a, I'm a real animal activist and I'm a real, you know, I don't, I don't apologize for that. Um, so one day the difference that I could be making would be around animal safety and harmony, whereas the next day it would be about mindset and psychology of success. And the next day it might be about finding your voice and learning to speak in public and you know, all of those sorts of things. So it's about becoming clear on whatever it is on the day that we want to make a difference around and then doing whatever it takes to get out of our own way with our mindset on making that contribution because that ultimately makes the day a worthwhile day because I think, you know, at the end of the day we're all going to land up in a box where there's an end for all of us <laughs> And when we sit back, you know, at the end of our days and we look back on our lives, the greatest tragedy would be to look back on our lives and say, I wasn't all that I was capable of being. I wasn't everything. I didn't do everything I wanted. I didn't take those singing lessons or ride that horse or climb Mount Everest, whatever it is. Um, the greatest tragedy is to look back on our lives and have regrets of things that we never did purely because we didn't have the confidence or we didn't believe in ourselves, or we thought that we weren't enough or good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a rabbit warren as well, isn't it, of what to, where somebody starts and where they can head to too. Oh, yeah. So how does somebody, um, you know, they're in the woe is me, they're in a rut and they're, you know, they want to make changes to their life, they're not happy. So what, where does somebody start with making changes? Okay, that's a really awesome question, actually. Um, in fact, a great question. Probably the best question I've been asked this week. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I have a very strong view on how change occurs. So I'll just give you that and then leave it up to everybody to make their decision as to whether it fits for them or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm very anti-doing. I think a lot of people look at their lives and say, I'm not happy with the results that I have, therefore I need to do something different. And while taking action is necessary, it's not everything, in my view. Um, 
I think it needs to start with who the person is being because I think we're not human doings, we're human beings. And if who we're being is I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, what I have is not good, what I have is not enough, I hate my life, I hate what I'm doing, I'm unsatisfied. If we're being the person who comes from the place of dissatisfaction, discontent, dis-ease, then the kind of action that we're going to take is going to produce more of the same results and then we're going to wonder why we keep doing the same thing and history continues to repeat itself. Because for most people, they find themselves trapped in the cycle of thinking they're doing something different, taking different action, expecting a different result, yet the person, the human being behind that action is still the same being. Where my recommendation is that we get a shift on the level of being. So if we become very content, if we become very satisfied and if we become very connected to what we currently have, as purposeful and purposeful in the context that what I have is $9 in the bank or what I have is a body that's well and truly overweight and un unwell or what I have is a lifestyle that, you know, really doesn't suit me or serve me anymore, become very connected to it and become very intimate with it because it's serving a purpose. From that place, when we're connected, we're intimate, we're grateful that human being and that way of being can be far more creative in what it decides to do, which will then create an alternate result. But we're too frightened to get into bed with the way that things are because we think, well, if I accept the way that things are and if I fall in love with the way that things are and if I become grateful for the way that things are, then I'll just get more of the way that things are. Hmm. So we're too scared to actually acknowledge that what we have is purposeful because we think we're just going to get more of it when quite the opposite is the reality. While ever we're pushing against something, it has no choice but to grow in power because we're not getting the lesson out of it. Whatever we resist persists. So while we, if we can give up the need to resist and go to the opposite, which is embrace, then we have choice and freedom to recreate and co-create a new future for ourselves. But while ever we're pushing against what we have, we're trapped in it because we just keep thinking about what we don't have and feeling resentful about what we don't have. And, you know, I'm a classic example of that. I spent so many years in the depths of despair and depression. I spent so many years so overweight and so unhealthy and so disconnected from myself and hating what I had um, ferociously until I finally started to see that you know, the dark things that occur in our lives, whether it's being blown up in a bomb, which hopefully, you know, I'm the only one who's <laughs> listening to this that has that experience, but whether it's being blown up in a bomb or whether it's just being overweight or it could be as bad as, you know, having an, a, a nasty disease or, you know, whatever it is that occurs in our life, it's not for nothing. And the mistake is that we believe that, that our experiences are for nothing. That's, that's, where, the, that's where the pain exists because... We're not embracing what is and what's current and, and in the now. We're not embracing it. We're resisting it and we're rejecting it. And the body will not be rejected and our experiences will not be rejected. They will continue to scream until we pay attention. So pay attention. Otherwise, we pay with pain. And, you know, I, I, I really believe that. Our, our whole existence is to be able to look at everything as purposeful and then 
embrace what's purposeful so that then we cre- we can create something new from it for ourselves where there's opportunity and growth and expansion and all those wonderful things. <laughs> yeah. It's that whole, like, everything happens for a reason and, and there's a, a learning outcome to come from what you're experiencing, isn't it? It's just the way you look at it. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And it's about making over your mindset because most people don't see it that way. Most people see stuff that happens in their lives that's not really cool. They just see it as, oh, poor me, life's been really hard. And I did the same thing. I did the same thing for a lot of years. But when I realized that that wasn't serving me and it wasn't giving me anything that um, was helping me, I thought, well, I'm just going to go to the opposite and see what happens. And as a result of me giving up the resistance and just embraced what had happened in my life, I was able to create um, not only success but amazing relationships with humanity and amazing life that I'm eternally grateful for on a day-by-day basis as well as a way of being that allows me to continue to create what I want rather than creating what I don't want. Yeah. One of, one of the really powerful things that I've heard you say is um, people choose depression. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's just authentic. I just when I heard you say it. And, and it, uh, yeah, I just believe it's so, yeah. Do you want to explain that a bit more before I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, Nicola, when I pop that, um, that out there, I actually got a lot of feedback both for and against mm. Because a lot of people, and I was exactly the same, um, a lot of people who are depressed need to defend their depression because we don't want to make ourselves wrong for for the way that we are. Um, And if, you know, if somebody had said to me when I was in the depths of despair and depression that I was choosing it, I probably would have hit them. Um, (laughs) I would have, I think I would have slapped them and thought to myself, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. But now that I'm on the very other side of it, um, there is there's definitely a knowing and um, an experience of what I was doing to myself while I was in depression. And my view on depression is simply my view. So for your listeners out there, you know, oh, please, totally. yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, <laughs> please just hear this as as, as my view and. and don't use it as a stick to beat me, Nicola, or yourself up with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you think about it, I mean, most depressed people, they do struggle to sleep because depression is something that is very all-consuming, but it's, it, it, it's occurring in between our two ears. And, yes, it occurs in between our two ears, which ultimately lands in a chemical imbalance. But even that now, um, from, a, from a medical perspective, is being disputed. There's a book that I would recommend that everybody read. It's called Superbrain by Dr. Deepak Chopra and Rudolf Tanzi. And um, they talk a lot about depression in there and what actually goes on in a physiological perspective. But when I say people choose depression, when we go to sleep, depression is not there while we're sleeping. When we wake up, we choose depression unknowingly of course but we choose depression through our thought processes because we have to begin thinking when we wake up and our first thought when we're depressed or when when I was depressed was I hate myself I hate this life I hate you I hate everything 
I'm useless, I'm worthless, I should be dead, I shouldn't be here. And then that was the beginning of my thinking that set up my day. So when I woke up, the depression wasn't there. The moment I opened my eyes, it wasn't there. I had to recreate it with my thoughts. I had to remind myself of what I was and who I was. Um, and that was a choice. And a choice that I didn't know I was making at the time, but certainly it was a choice. Um, now that I can look back on it, I can see how I did that to myself and how what I was thinking and what I was saying to myself and the conversations I was having, how that created more and uh, created more depression and darker, deeper depression. Even when I was on antidepressants um, and I was heavily medicated, it was still, it was still a sensation that um, I could feel physically in my body. It was a heavy darkness that seemed to permeate every cell in my body. And while I was inactive in creating something other than that, I was at the mercy of that feeling. So, you know, and, and, I, and I use the analogy now that even when we choose not to, even when we don't choose, like I, there were some mornings I didn't choose depression, I just could feel it in every cell of my body. Even when we don't choose something other than what's there, we're still choosing not to choose. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So instead now, um, because I know that, that that neurological pathway exists for me where I can easily choose depression, um, I now physically every day make a very potent choice as to who I'm going to be for the day and it's never got anything to do with depressed. It's got everything to do with what lights me up and that's always contributing and making a difference on, you know, what blows my hair back today. So it's, it's really about being very conscious and being very aware of what we're choosing, even when we're choosing not to choose. Yeah, and I, it's that whole, um, you know, so even if someone, say they're not as bad, well, labelled depression, you know, we all have flat days, we all have great days. It's that choice of, when, like you said, when you wake up in the morning, you make the decision to make this day fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you have to go after it because, if, you know, the day isn't fantastic on its own. You know, I mean, when I look out the window now, it certainly is a beautiful day, but I've got to make it the experience that's going to light me up. Yeah, and it's, it's how you see outcomes of your day, isn't it? It's that whole hmm. everything happens so you can look left or you can look right. <laughs> totally. You got it. <laughs> um, so going on from that um, with the power of your thoughts and, um, you know, being able to create a vision, um, one of the – I've heard you talk like the manifesting a vision, um, being able to create – this is something you're quite big on and, you know, creating your future – Oh, yes. So um, how, tell me the power of that, you know, sort of just um, visualising where you're wanting to head. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk about that. Um, and I don't know if you got my newsletter today. I didn't um, get that. I haven't read it yet. I heard it come in. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I put together a recording on it because I get a lot of questions from a lot of people, um, you know, about lots of different things. 
especially, you know, from our podcasts on Up for a Chat. Um, and one of them was that very question, like, how do I how do I stay in the now and live in the now while still being able to manifest my future? Because as soon as I start to think about the future, I get out of the now. Hmm. And that's, it was a really powerful question that I thought warranted um, a bit of extra effort for me in terms of my answer. So I recorded it and popped it on my newsletter and sent it out today. Um, the, the law of attraction is one of the most powerful um, a, a, a chemistries that work inside of the world from a quantum physical point of view. Um, but the way that we are relating to it is flawed in that we think, or the way that we relate to it is that we think if I think long and hard enough about what I want and I beg long and hard enough about, I want, about what I want, I do a vision board about what I want, I, um, you know, uh, think about it all the time and talk about it all the time. If I do that, then it will come. And nine times out of ten, it doesn't come because the methodology is flawed. Because both, for the most part, what we want for our future is what we currently don't have. So for most people, they're thinking money. So we'll say, okay, well, I want, you know, 40 grand or 100 grand or a million dollars or whatever it is, and I want that. That's what I want. That's what I want. So we think about that. We put, you know, fake checks of a million dollars on our vision board and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and we, you know, we think about that, think about, think about that. And what drives that thinking is the fact that there's only $9 in our bank today or that there's only, you know, $100 in our bank today and we're struggling to pay our bills or our mortgage repayments. So the flaw in the process is that what we want is born out of what we don't want. Right. And that's where the disconnect occurs because we're not appreciating and grateful for what we actually do have and embracing what we do have as purposeful and necessary and reality. See, we don't relate to reality like it's real. So we look at what we've got with $100 in the bank and can't pay our bills and we say it shouldn't be like that. I should have more money by now or I should have this kind of money. It shouldn't be like it is. So we don't relate to reality. We relate to reality a little bit delusionally because we say that what is shouldn't be what is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does actually. And therefore we go in pursuit of something other than what we have as opposed to being in the now and relating to what is as necessary, purposeful, important, and real. So it's a very different place that we manifest from when we look at the now and accept the now as what it is and get excited about what it is. So for me, I had $9 in the bank. It was December 2006. And I was freaking out because I have a really big mortgage, I have a big car payment, and I've got groceries and dogs to feed. So, you know, I, I actually have a very expensive lifestyle and I had nine bucks. So I went into total freak out mode and real negativity and doubt and all of that and went down the rabbit hole of the law of attraction following everything that, you know, we hear out there about it. And of course, none of it worked. The other 
the other component of um, the law of attraction, which is a little flawed, is that we have both a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. So it's the conscious mind that says, I want to have more money. I want more success. I want a better relationship. And we even get specific about it. The conscious mind actually determines what we want, as I said, is, and it's always born out of what we don't have. So the conscious mind goes in pursuit of it. But then what's also living in the unconscious mind, which has far more weight and pull on the creation of our reality, but it's unconscious, so we don't know it's happening. What's living in the unconscious mind is that basic belief that I'm not good enough and that I'm not enough. So what really is being launched out there, if we're to use that language, in those rockets of desire, which I love how Esther Hicks, you know, uh, I love her language of that. What's really being launched out there is this rocket of desire to have $100,000 in the bank born out of I've only got a hundred and my reality, I hate my reality, it's making me sick, nervous, it doesn't work for me and it shouldn't be that way and I'm not really good enough to have the hundred thousand dollars, that's why I already don't have it actually. So that's the rocket of desire that gets launched out there by, you know, by us just following the, the, the law of attraction model. Right. So my advice, clean up the I'm not good enough. Clean up the I'm not enough, which lives inside of the unconscious mind, and every single one of us has it in some way, shape, or form. Clean it up so that when we're launching our rockets of desire, we don't have that unconscious pull, which is like a ball on chain on our creativity. So because we want something so fantastic, yet we really don't believe we can have it. So clean up all of that stuff, which lives in the unconscious mind. I, I love neuro-linguistic programming. I love... Uh, neuro-emotional techniques which are used by chiropractors. I think it's amazing. Um, there's, I, I haven't used it, but I've heard that there's tapping. don't know much about that, but I, I've, I've heard that that's another way of undoing, you know, e emotional and, and psychological blockages. Whatever it is for you, just, just you know, for your listeners, just, just clean it up and then also become very present to what is on a conscious level. Become very present to the reality of what you've got in front of you fall in love with it, embrace it, and don't panic about the fact that if you love it, you'll get more of it. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. If you love it, you accept it, and from that place you're able to then create what you want moving forward. But it's not born out of being dissatisfied with what you have, and there's the distinction. It's, it's so almost like just almost common sense, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> We're saying the grass is greener over the other side, but if you just, just be present in the moment and appreciate everything, it's, yeah, it just makes so much sense. And I, I think we don't see that things are purposeful. Yeah. We see everything as a mistake. And, you know, this is, it, it's, the reality actually tells us something different because the reality is there's $9 in the bank and the reality is a palm tree is a palm tree. That's the reality. The palm tree doesn't try to be a rose. It doesn't try to be anything other than what it is in the moment. A palm tree doesn't try to be bigger than what it is in the moment. If it's got 10 fronds on it, it's just got 10 fronds. It doesn't try to have 20. Yeah, yeah. And a rose doesn't try to bloom before it's ready. It accepts that it's a bud 
and loves the process of being a bud and it blooms when it's ready. And none of that has anything to do with the rose and the law of attraction. That's got everything to do with the rose and reality. So when the rose accepts, accepts its reality, it naturally blooms and becomes this most beautiful, creative, gorgeous, you know, existence. And humans are no different. Yeah, where we true. are is where we are and um, we're missing out because we're not actually in the moment. We're not paying attention to the moment. So we're missing out on the magic that exists in this moment and, you know, then eventually we're all going to land up in a box and life will just be a memory that we didn't participate in because we were never there in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So when it comes to like say goal setting or you know you're making a plan mm. how does somebody go about this to be much more successful you know appreciating the present moment yeah like then what like what's some steps that somebody could make happen well um I don't set my goals more than three months out purely because I'm a different person you know, almost every day I become something more than what I was yesterday. So I only ever set my goals three months at a time for myself personally and for my business as well. Most accountants would freak out at that, but um, I'm an accountant so I'll get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I set three months out and I don't, my goals are not ever um, a result of what I don't currently have. My and, and I really keep a very tight check on myself so that I don't say, well, I want to be 55 kilos because I'm 65 kilos now and I don't like myself. So my goals are never a result of what I don't have now. My, my goals are always um, a vision of a grander version of myself. So if I'm to look at the grandest vision that I can see of myself, I might, in three months' time, I might see myself as having a television show, having a regular radio um, uh, show or, or, or um, a listenership. I might see myself as having, um, you know, $40,000 in the bank, whatever it is. So I look at the grandest version of myself and then I set my goals that way mm -hmm. rather than looking at what I don't have and then setting my goals to fix what's wrong right now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. Because I look at everything in my life now, didn't do this in the past, but I look at everything in my life as nothing's wrong, everything's perfect and everything's purposeful. And I guess it's that's where people find motivation too, isn't it? It's like people sort of expect motivation to be this miraculous thing that turns up one day and it, it, you know, just you hope that one day you're motivated. But when you put all these steps in place, this is where the motivation comes. Well, yeah, I mean, motivation is not a miracle. No. Motivation is something that we create. And I personally create it by staying very connected to the grandest vision I, can, I have of myself. And the grandest vision I have of myself is this miraculous, awesome, spectacular creature. And I stay very connected to that, um, you know, as much as I possibly can. And that just keeps me totally excited and feeling amazeballs as, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. And playful. And playful. Yeah. We're here to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I could have talked for 
long time about all of that sort of stuff. It's just, yeah, it's, it's so powerful. So um, where can people find you? Just on my website. It's all the W's dot Karensmith.com and it's C-A-R-R-E-N smith.com. And there's a big button on the front page where um, your listeners can jump on and get access to a backstage pass where they join my inner circle, if you like, and I share lots of inside info and on my regular newsletters and events and things that I run. So, yeah, just jump onto the website and become one of the family. <laughs> Fantastic. And now your book, Soul Survivor, they can purchase that from there as well? They sure can. That's on the front page. That's my um, life story of, you know, going through the, the death of my partner and um, the Bali bombing and, you know, how to come out of it. So that's all there as well. Yeah, definitely. And you've also got um, your gateway as well. Is that right? Yes, I do. I've got um, the gateway coaching program is a monthly coaching program where people get a video from me in their inbox and they also get some homework to do. And they also can interact with me on a closed Facebook forum. And it's super, super cheap. It's only $129 a month. But it's a way to stay in the work, as it were. Stay in the work of constant expansion and getting to know, getting to know yourself. Um, I've tried to keep it really cheap and affordable so that everybody can be a part of it and continue the expansion and growth. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank cool. you so much, Karen, for coming on the show. And thank you so much for <laughs> listeners for tuning in. Um, make sure if you've got any questions about the show, just comment below and send me an um, email. And if you've got questions for Karen, she'll, I'm sure she'll be more than happy to answer them. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Yeah, no, it's so great. Uh, awesome. So until next time, keep being amazing and living the forever fit way of life. Thank you, Karen. Thank you.